All right, so the next speaker that we're going to be able to be ministered to by is Linnell Miller. Many of y'all have heard her because she's been on a Sunday morning to our church and told her story about God walking her through her healing of breast cancer. And it was so inspirational and encouraging to so many of us. And so one thing, if you don't know who she is, she was my pastor's wife from the time that I was four years old to the time that I was 19. So I was in her church my whole life. And I always get emotional when I introduce people who invested so much into my life because I could not be where I am today without the people who said, I'm going to provide a safe place to be discipled. I'm going to make sure that there's quality children's programs and youth programs and and mission trips being taken and, and all the things that are provided through many, many different people who do that. There's just a reward in heaven that I know is so great for those people. And um, even as I have become an adult, and obviously now I'm a pastor's wife, Linnell is someone whom I call on the regular. She is always, always willing to answer my questions. And you know what? There's sometimes that questions will be like building up. She's just someone in my life that I know that's not too busy for me and is willing to answer my question. And it has helped me tremendously in my new role as a pastor's wife. Um, And so I'm so grateful for people who are willing to mentor even though she has plenty to do, and she, has, she goes all around the whole entire world all the time, uh, she is so busy, her schedule overwhelms me. <laughs> but she's traveling and doing, and the thing is, is that she would be willing to come and invest in us here at this weekend. She has her grandbaby at home, and she left her grandbaby to be able to come here to spend time with us. And so for that, I want to give her a big welcome to the house to thank her for that. I loved it this morning. What a word, timely word, powerful, anointed. She is a powerful woman of God. And um, so I'm going to do something my husband does almost every Sunday morning, every weekend. Um, I'm going to show you a picture. Did you all get my picture back there? This is a picture I got sent to me during the first session. This is my grandson. My grandson lives in Rogers. And you know where he is today? Texarkana. So he is at home at my house with my husband, with my daughters. They're watching him while I'm here. And my kids that live here, my son and daughter-in-law, they are in Scotland. So go figure. So I'm missing him this morning, but I had to send that little picture. And that's our swing from our son, who is now about to be 30 years old. But I'll just tell you just a little bit about myself. You can take him off. Or you can enjoy him as much as I do. And he looks cuter. You should put him up instead of me. Um, I am a five-year cancer survivor. My husband, yes. And as you can see, my hair is slowly growing back and, and trying really hard to get it thick again. And, um, you know, it was a rough five years. And I'm going to talk to you about some things and things that I am declaring and I am proclaiming in my life for the next five years, but especially for 2018. And my message is really practical today, 
So I'm going to start in a teach mode, and then I, you know, you never know with me, I may get into really preach mode towards the end. But I want to talk to you about how to flourish. I want to talk to you about how in this life you can live a life that is a growing, thriving, prospering, blessed life. And this is really important. That's what flourish means, to be blessed to prosper, to be in health. And we want to live a flourishing life. And I love the title of this. I was going to tell you one little funny story. So I'm a, I'm a missionary at heart. I am married to a pastor, therefore I'm a pastor's wife. And I pastor, I love pastoring, but in my heart, I'd rather be on the mission field. And so I go as often as my husband lets me and God lets me, and hopefully they agree always whether I'm supposed to go or not. And I take teams around the world, so I love that Katie's heading up with a team. Um, we, I get to go three or four times a year, and sometimes a little more. But, you know, I, I love missions. Well, I got to do something about six years ago with my dad. My dad, I'm a third-generation preacher. And my daughter, who is about to go on the mission field, is a fourth generation. My grandson may end up being a fifth generation. I mean, the heritage that we get to pass on to our children is incredible. But I got to go to Indonesia with my parents. And my dad and I did a pastor's conference. I did a women's meeting. It was an incredible trip. It was not a mission trip in the sense that they paid my way, that they put me up in a five-star hotel. And, you know, I mean, you know, normally I pay my own way, all my own expenses. You know, we could live in a hut. Hopefully not. And um, we have, though, a bamboo hut, haven't we? We have in, in Thailand on the floor. But um, we get to Indonesia. They put us up in the hotel. I've not met the pastors yet. These are friends of, of my father, and they invited me to come and do this with him. A great privilege because I'd never traveled with my dad before as a co-speaker. And my dad decides it's in the morning. He wants a Starbucks. So we are in Jakarta, and we are, it is, it is crazy how many, how much traffic there is. So if you have a three-wit lane highway, there's six or seven because all the motorcycles that go side by side, you know, I mean, it's just like, so my dad says, I want a Starbucks. And he says, there is a Starbucks if you go across this five lanes on both sides, this highway to get to the other side. And in between the, the traffic on both directions is this culvert, this drainage ditch with this little board that you would walk across to get across it. Well, my dad, you know, he's 85 now, so at that time he was almost 80 years of age, not real steady on his feet, powerful preacher. And um, so he and I take off walking. Of course, I don't know where he's headed. He knows where he's headed. And we get to this traffic going, you know, 60 miles an hour, and, and, and it's just crazy. And my dad goes and steps out. He didn't have the staff like, like, like Moses did, but he holds out his hand, and he says, I command you stop as he's crossing these lanes <laughs> and all these vehicles. And I'm going, I'm on one side of it. Looking at my dad as he's crossing, I'm thinking, I can stay on this side, and if he gets hit on, you know, I can't reach him, and, or I can go with him, and then I thought, and if something happens, I don't even know who to call. How do I get help in Indonesia? 
Well, we somehow get to the middle. Somehow he traverses that log that scared me to cross. And then we have to do it again because then the traffic is going the other direction. We make it to Starbucks. He gets his coffee, and I'm going, oh, my goodness. Dad, we can't do this again to get back to the hotel where my mom is. But somehow we did, and we made it. And, um, but I love traveling. I love the experiences. And I think what I love the most is taking people that have never been on the mission trips and, and letting them see and touch people around the world. I love to birth ministry. Jeannie Burge and I um, got to birth ministry to the Sotzil and Chamula Indians in southern Mexico. Never ever had women's ministry. We were told it wouldn't work because they have no value, no worth. And we got to go in and we got to help show them who they were in Christ and help develop them. And we go every year and we watch these women who would not make eye contact, look down. They were just, you know, just really quiet. They didn't smile. They just to now, when you go there, they hug you. They will lay hands on people and pray for each other. These pastor's wives have flourished because they understand the Word of God and understand who they are. So today, I'm going to talk about flourishing. And one way that you flourish, and in, it's biblical, is by being a woman of the Word. Really practical really necessary, and I call it living it, loving it. And then I have a little twist at the end, and we'll talk about the twist later. So flourish, thrive, prosper. How many want to thrive and prosper? Yes. How many want to be blessed? Yes. Let's look. Psalms 1, really practical. Psalms 1, 1 says, Happy are those, or blessed are those, who don't listen to the wicked, who don't go where sinners go, who don't do what evil people do, they love the Lord's teachings. And they think about these teachings day and night. They are strong like a tree planted by a river. The tree produces fruit in season. Its leaves don't die. Everything they do will succeed. Blessed, happy is the woman who becomes a woman of the word, who chooses not to follow those that are not loving God, not living for God. They don't listen to their counsel or advice. They don't hang out with them. They may go and influence them, but they're women who love God's word. You know, it's no accident that this week, our Bible reading guide, we, we um, publish a Bible reading guide every month for our church, and we encourage our church to at least read two chapters together a day. We read one old and one new. Well, guess what was in my, our Bible reading guide this week? Psalms 1. I cannot tell you that when you, how often when you read the Word, that what you read that fed you that morning is what you're going to use to feed someone else. And when I read that this week, I went, that's the scripture for this women's conference. How to live a blessed, prosperous life. Um... James 1, 25, it says, But the truly happy, blessed people are those who carefully study God's perfect law that makes people free. They continue to study it. They don't forget what they heard, but they obey what God's teaching says. Those who do this will be happy. So what's the key to happiness? But how can you obey it if you don't? 
If you don't know God's word and someone tells you, if you're in college and they tell you, oh, we were just made out of a little bit of goo, you know, and it just this, you know, these amoebas came and they create. If you don't know the word, you're going to believe whatever someone tells you. I remember um, in college, I went to the most secular university there was, you know, San Jose State University in California. And um, we, you know, I even had a Wicca witch as one of my professors. But uh, so I was, I was, I had a point there. Oh, I, I decided that um, I was going to do a research paper on, of all things, how to teach children about human sexuality. So I went and got all my Christian books, and Zig Ziglar said something that has stood, stuck in my mind all of those years. I didn't even have children yet. And that was just because I guess it was part of what we were doing in that class. And he said, forewarned is forearmed. If you already know what the word says, then when the enemy comes to you with a lie, or when someone tells you something that's not the truth, you're forearmed. You're thinking, I already know what the truth is. But if you don't know what the truth is, you can't combat the lies. You can't be strong and you can't flourish. Let me just read you a few things I wrote down. The Word of God, we read that in Hebrews, the Word of God is, is alive, powerful, and active. It brings life to those who read it, health to those who live by it. It's more valuable than anything money can buy. It tells us why we were created. It tells us what our future is. It gives us direction, gives us courage to obey God. It gives us hope and strength, peace, joy. It sets us free. It helps us overcome. I could keep going. It makes us wise. It counsels us, corrects us. It comforts us. The Word of God, if it does all of these things, how can we not love it? Right. How can we not love the Word of God? And so often I will hear women say, I just, I just can't read it. I just don't understand it. It just doesn't make sense to me. Listen to me. If you want to flourish, if you want to have success in your life, if you want to have a blessed life, the Word of God is the key to being happy. It's the key to having a good marriage. It's the key to raising godly children. It's the key to having a successful business. It is the key to having peace. It's the key to happiness. Listen, if you're one of those that says, oh, and I read it, I just don't understand it, I just don't get it. Can I tell you an easy thing to do? Just ask the Holy Spirit to help you. Ask the Holy Spirit, speak to me. Speak to me. Let this word speak to me. Listen, I did not grow up understanding about quiet times. I, I can't tell you why. I saw my dad read, but my mom was not a reader. I saw my dad read his Bible. But somehow it, it was never taught to me how to have a quiet time. I had to learn as a 17-year-old when I went off to youth with a mission how to sit down and have a quiet time with my, with, with my Bible and how to pray. And I have learned to love God's Word. And I can't tell you 
how often I will just read, even if it's just two chapters. Some of you may just read one chapter a day. But if I will just still my mind and just say, God, speak to me. Speak to me today. That there will be something, and I will make notes. I do it now on my iPad and read my Bible on my iPad. I will make notes in my Bible. I mark my Bible up. I, you know, in the old days, I had my highlighters in my Bible. I, you know, I use and I mark it because then I can find those words. But then after I've read it and I go about my day, someone will inevitably come to me and have a need. And I'll say, I just read that this morning. Let me show you what the Word says. So the Bible, the Word of God equips us to live a godly life, a blessed life, but then it helps us to help others. So I love the Word. I use the Word. Um, I taught my children how to have a quiet time. I decided that I didn't know I had to learn it as, as a, a, an older teenager how to read God's Word. So we taught our children with a children's little Bible how to read. And every day, you know, and they're in preschool, and it was uh, tedious, you know, where you're going, the, <laughs> in the beginning, you know, and we would read. And then it got to where after they were sounding out the words, then they would read a line and we would read a line. And then before long, they're reading to us and we're listening. And now it's a children's Bible. It, it, you know, it's a read with me Bible or something. It's not really a Bible yet, but they're learning to have a quiet time. They're learning to love God's Word on their own. And, and to, then we would turn them over and say, now go to your room. It's time, time to get ready for bed. Read your Bible. Now, I would rather they read it in the morning, but my kids were night people, not so much morning. And so we'd go, now go in, and we'll be in in a few minutes, and we'll pray with you, teaching them. So the Bible is a powerful thing. I love this scripture in Psalms 119, 165. It says, those who love your instructions or love your word have great peace and do not stumble. Psalms 119, 165. We have to learn to love his word. If you want to have a prosperous, successful life, how do you do it? You love his word by reading it, memorizing it. You can sing his word. My little grandson loves to be sung to. So if I'll just sing just anything to him, I can, I can sing memory verses to him. I can sing and he'll just put his little ear up to my mouth and I'll just be singing to him. And I'm putting that word of God into his life. Loving the word, meditating on it, thinking about it. You know, when I read something, I mark my Bible, I write it down, and then I personalize it. I pray it. I, you know, I'll just say, God, help me to be this kind of person that loves your word. Help me to be a person that is blessed because I value what you have to say. So then um, we got to live it. Yeah. Psalms 119.73, and I love this translation. It's New Living. You made me. You created me. Now give me the sense to follow your commands. You love me. You made me. You created me. Now give me the sense to obey you. You know what, ladies? If we will just live that way, where we say, God, to give me the sense to obey you today. Because if I'm obeying you, I'm putting a watch before my lips. 
I'm not saying anything that's grieving your Holy Spirit. I am not going to, to later regret what I've had to say or what I've done or wake up in the morning with a hangover or wondering who was in my bed last night. If I'm obeying his word, I can live a good life, a blessed life. You know, I was raised in church, and um, my dad was a preacher, and so I was a PK. And I had a lot of friends that I went to church with. And my best friends were all church kids, but not all of them followed God. And I looked as a teenager at the lives of some of my friends. One ran away, you know, one was into drugs, and just a lot of bad things that happened in their lives. And I made a choice at a young age that I was going to follow God. I was going to live for God. I was going to obey God's word. And I look, and I may not be the wealthiest person, but I live a good life. I have a blessed life. And it's because of the choices I've made. Let me tell you this morning, you may have made some bad choices, but today is a new day. You may have, you may have some baggage from the past, but today's a new day. And if you will choose to walk with God today, if you will choose to obey his word, to love his word, to hide it in your heart, then you will see your life blessed. You will see your life and your future with hope and with, with excitement because you're obeying God's word. And I, like I said, I look at their lives and I just think the choices we make, whether we choose to obey or not, there's blessings or there's cursings when we obey or don't obey God's word. So now, well, okay, let me just read James 1.22. Don't just listen to God's word, but do what it says. Otherwise, you're only fooling yourselves. For you listen to the word and don't obey. It is like glancing at your face in a mirror. You see yourself, walk away, and forget what you look like. I don't know about you, but, you know, my daughter's always going, look at my teeth. You know, is there anything in my teeth? Is there any lipstick? Or someone will come up and go, you know, to me, like, you know, you need to clean your teeth. You know, there's some lipstick there. But I'm one that looks in the mirror often and forgets what I saw because I get distracted. And, and whether it's something showing or something out of place, my hair is usually a mess, you know, and, and I forget. But I don't want to forget when I look into the Word of God. And he shows me something. He reveals something. The word of God is powerful and active. Hebrews 12. It's living and active, sharper than a two-edged sword. It judges the thoughts and feelings in our hearts. Did you know that the word of God can show you even attitudes that stink? that are contrary to the Word of God, that, you know, you may not even be aware of it, but when you start reading it, you're going, ooh, ooh, God, oh, I see it. Let me encourage you, don't just read it, but do it. And it divides, it says, um, verse 13, everything is clear and lies open before God, and to God we must explain the way we have lived. You want to live a flourishing life? You want to live a blessed life. You have to love his word. You have to obey his word. You have to allow it to expose attitudes and actions. Repent. Do it right then. Don't wait and say later. Oh, and, and this is just the Holy Spirit right now. 
This is the day, this is the time to make decisions about him. Maybe you are here this morning and you have never decided to follow Christ. Today is your day. Don't say, well, tomorrow, or when I get a little older, then I'll obey God. Or when I'm older, then I'll use the gifts that God has given me. Or when my children are grown. Or when today is the day. And the Holy Spirit is saying right now to you, all of those things that you have said, tomorrow, God, I will do this. And tomorrow and next year, God is saying, today is the day to do what he has called you to do, what he has anointed you to do. Today is the day to decide to follow him. Don't put it off to tomorrow because we don't know what tomorrow will bring. We don't know. Obedience is obeying him today. Now comes the real message. That was just, that was just kind of the, the precursor. And actually, I have a book I'm going to give you all, a little booklet that you will have after my session. I didn't want to give it to you before because you'd be reading it and not listening to me. God told me that 2018 was a year of proclamations. 2018, we needed to proclaim things over our own life, over our families, over our ministries, over our churches, over our nations, that we needed to make proclamations. And, and you know, this booklet is about praying it, and I think if, when I publish it, the next time it's going to say proclaiming it. Because often when we pray, we're begging, God, please. God, I need you to. God, you got to understand me. But what Jesus came to do was to proclaim the good news. Luke 4.18, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. He has sent us here to proclaim. And you know, I started doing a research because I've been asking God, Lord, I want to see miracles happen. I, w- I personally want to see when I pray for people now, that they get healed. I travel the world where there are not doctors and there are not medical care available. I want to see it. And I've been praying and I've been r- kind of studying and writing the scriptures out. You know, it's interesting when people were delivered. He just said, be gone in the name of Jesus. Or he didn't say in the name of Jesus. He just, he just declared it. He proclaimed it. F- be free. Receive your sight. You know, stand up and walk. You know, he just, he proclaimed it. And we're going, oh, God, in the name of Jesus, please heal them. He just said it because he understood the power and the authority he had. And I've been doing a research on it, and I've been going, God, I want that kind of faith. And God says, this is the year to start proclaiming, proclaiming things in our life, proclaiming things in our children's life. But I'm going to talk to you, what does that mean? What is a proclamation? So we often get it confused, a proclamation and a resolution. How many made New Year's resolutions? Just a few of you. I guess that's an older generation thing, huh? Okay, so those of you that made New Year's resolutions, how many are still doing them? Okay, well, I'm impressed. 
And you know what? I believe, I believe there was more of us that made some resolutions, but we're not admitting it because we're not doing it. Amen. So let me tell you the difference between a proclamation and a resolution. A resolution is dependent on me. My willpower, my ability, it's dependent on my self-determination or my self-control. I think this thing is pulling my pants down. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Um, Resolutions are usually something we keep quiet. Because we don't want anyone else to know. Because then, you know, we say, I have committed to go to the gym four times a week. And I have committed to only eat healthy food. And I have committed to do this and to do that. Not to do this and not to do that. Well, then, in a few weeks, someone says, oh, so how are you doing? (laughs) Resolutions are dependent on ourselves. And we usually keep them quiet so we're not embarrassed. Proclamations are dependent on on the power and authority of the king that decreed them. A proclamation is dependent on the power and authority of the kingdom that they were spoken from. What is a proclamation? It's meant to be a loud summons made by a ruling authority or by a herald in the name of his master. A summons is supposed to be said out loud It's made either by a king or a ruling authority or by his herald. You know what? The Bible says we're ambassadors. We are supposed to be the mouthpiece of the will of God. Uh, We read the Lord's Prayer this morning. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done. How do we bring God's kingdom on this earth? By declaring his will on this earth. By making a proclamation of the will of God. It's a royal message with the power which belongs to the word of a king. It is not delivered as a mere piece of advice. It deals with matters of great importance. Proclamations are issued by people in authority, governing rulers, kings, presidents, priests. In the Bible, there were several uh, priests or kings that made proclamations. I'm going to read you a famous American proclamation. It was called the Emancipation Proclamation. Abraham Lincoln, in the year of uh, 1863, changed the federal legal status of more than 3 million enslaved people from slave to free. A few words spoken by a governing authority changed the lives of thousands in America. This is his, a little portion of this proclamation. That on the first day of January in the year of our Lord, 1863, all persons held as slaves shall be then, thenceforward, and forever free. And by virtue of the power and for the purpose aforesaid, I do order and declare that all persons held as slaves are and henceforward shall be free, and that the executive government of the United States, including the military and naval authorities thereof, will recognize and maintain the freedom of said persons. 
He understood his power and the authority of the office that he represented and that he could take all the resources that were behind him to make sure that his proclamation was carried forth. He understood his power. Ladies, we don't understand the power and authority we have as sons or as daughters of the Most High God, that we are daughters of the King. We are Christ's ambassadors. We are kings and priests. And we have power and authority, and we don't understand it. We don't walk in it. We don't declare it. We don't proclaim it. Jesus came to proclaim the good news of the kingdom of heaven. He understood his authority. He understood where his power came from. He understood who his daddy was. He understood it. He has the same daddy we have. We have that power and authority and anointing. Matthew 16, 19 says, I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. We have the keys. He has given us the keys. The problem is, most of us have lost our keys. We need that little chip thingy, you know, that we can, you know. I have an Apple Watch for Christmas. And you know my favorite thing about my Apple Watch? I can find my phone. <laughs> I don't know if you heard that dinging over there, but I can find my phone. You know, we need some Apple watches that help us to find our keys. And not just our car keys, but the keys to the kingdom. To understand that we have authority to bind things on earth and they'll be bound in heaven. To loose things on earth, they'll be loose in heaven. We have to understand how we can usher in the kingdom of God. That his will will be done here on earth. Instead, we walk around. Where's my keys? What do I do? I don't know where my keys are, you know? And we're lost. And we're allowing the enemy to take our authority and dominion rather than us taking dominion. John 14, 12. I tell you the truth. Anyone who believes in me will do the same works I've done. You read that this morning. See, we're just building on each other. Holy Spirit knew what he was doing. And even greater works because I'm going to be with the Father. You can ask anything in my name. And I will do it so that the Son can bring glory to the Father. Yes, ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. We have to understand the power and authority that Jesus has given each one of us. And we have to be his heralds and proclaim his kingdom. When we make, and this was a little quote I think I put up, I don't know. When we make proclamations based on God's word, we have the full authority power and resources of heaven to back them up so i'm going to read that here again in just a moment it's not about us just putting our wish list out and proclaiming it it's about us proclaiming the word of god and the will of god on this earth and proclaiming it and then believing it and then seeing it come to pass And we know that we are proclaiming the will of God, what? When we proclaim 
If you don't know your word, you don't know his will. If you don't know the word, you don't know the authority and power you have. You have to know the word of God. 1 John 5.14, and this is the confidence, the assurance, the boldness which we have in him. That if we ask anything according to what? According to his will, he listens to us and hears us. And we know that if he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of him. I'm going to teach you now. We've just got a few minutes left, and we're going to do an exercise. In fact, um, if you don't mind passing out those proclamations, um, those pieces of paper, I know they're kind of tiny. I just had these made up yesterday as I was leaving town and um, didn't have my graphics person to do it. We have to learn how to proclaim the will of God over our families, our lives, our nation, our businesses. We're supposed to make these proclamations out loud, and we're supposed to proclaim them over and over again throughout the year. When we proclaim the Word of God, we know that we are proclaiming the will of God. I'm going to go back and re-quote that quote that I put up earlier. When we make proclamation based on God's Word, we have the full authority, power, and resources of heaven to back them up. President Abraham Lincoln had the full resources of the American government to back up the proclamation that he made and that set thousands. And really, if we go through the course of our history, millions of people free. We have that power. We have that authority. There are hundreds of proclamations in God's word. I personally, when it's something for me, I, I put it highlighted in my iPad in pink. That means it's, it's my word. I highlight lots of things in yellow. I do some things in green about finances. I do some things in purple of the fear of the Lord. I do some things in blue about healing. But if it's something for me, I mean, right then, right now, that I am believing and proclaiming in my life, it's in pink. And then I'll write a little star there and, you know, go and type in a little note. And I will look over the last five years since I've been using my iPad, I'll look back on the things that I have been standing on, believing. And in some of those proclamations I wrote at the first of the year, I had to take them out. But you know why? Because God's answered them. It has happened. It's already come to pass. So I, I was going to tell you about Haiti. When I went to Haiti, one of the, I go there often, um, we were uh, there during an election. And they almost canceled the women's conference because it was very scary time. There was coups being um, threatened and violence in the streets, and it was, it was not a good time. And, but we went, and, um, and when we were there, they moved the election up even closer. So literally, we were there when the election happened. But, Jesus, but God gave me this proclamation over the nation of Haiti. Jay-Z, Cree, Saisonye, Sutut, Aiti. We started proclaiming that in the women's conference. Jay-Z, Cree, Saisonye, Sutut, Aiti. Jay-Z, and we said it again, and we said it again, and the heavens were being shook. And that translated as Jesus Christ is Lord over all of Haiti. 
This is a nation that had been dedicated to Satan. A pig had been sacrificed. And, and the elections were being hung in the balance. Not between a righteous and an unrighteous, but a less unrighteous and a really unrighteous president. And we were believing for a righteous person to be put in or someone that would be turning the nation to God. We won that election. Then the earthquake happened, and all hell broke out in that nation. And guess what that president did? He called a national day of prayer and fasting. That is going on to this day. Jay-Z Cree say signe su tutaite. Jay-Z Cree say signe su tut America. So here's some of my proclamations. These are, these are mine. You can have them. They're scripture. Jesus Christ is Lord over all of America. The earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Not mama, not just mama and daddy, but my children, my grandchildren will serve the Lord. We will live in peace and confidence safely and quietly in our home. The prodigals shall return. You pray that over your church, over your ministries, over your family. My God shall supply all of our needs from his glorious riches. Our children and youth shall be taught of the Lord and great will be their peace. God has anointed me to bring the goodness to the poor, to set the captive free and to heal the sick. Our healing shall spring forth speedily. Five years the enemy has come against my husband and I. But our healing is and has sprung forth speedily. Overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. When I lie down, I will have sweet sleep. Oh, I love that proclamation. I taught that to my children. The Lord will repay double for all we have suffered these past five years. He's going to repay us. My house will be called a house of prayer. 